millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the Adoption Chronicles and I'm Mick Shepard, I'm your host and i got to say this is a very special episode because and a surprise to our guest Sally Grimm, this is episode 50. Congratulations Sally, you're our, my 50th guest. Thank you very much. It's um, I, I honestly didn't think that I'd be doing 50 episodes and uh, before we get started um, it would be remiss of me not to thank the adoption community and that includes all of the adopted people, birth parents, adoptive parents, um, donor conceived people and foster kids um, that have been on the on the program so thank you to everybody um and thank you for being um our 50th guest thank you for having me my pleasure so where does your story start sally so i was born in melbourne yep. in 1964 at the haven maternity home in north fitzroy right which was run by the salvation army at the time right okay yeah. And so, so that's, I guess, where it starts physically. Um, yep. When did you first find out that you were adopted? I've always known. Right. So you were told as a, as a small kid? I cannot, I don't remember being actually told. It was yep. just something that I've always known. It was, um, I was never told I was you know, special or anything like that. It was just something that I'd always known. I'd always known I was adopted. Yep. Um, I have a, a, a brother who was um, also adopted, who was three and a half years younger than myself, different okay. birth family, etc. Mm -hmm. um, my adoptive parents couldn't have children of their own, yep. and they adopted both myself and my brother. Nice. Um, and was your upbringing normal? Nobody's normal. Nobody's normal. Um, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I was adopted by a couple. My yep. parents actually split up when I was probably about four or five. Oh. So I was raised in a single parent household. Okay. Um, which was tough. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the sixties and the seventies. Yeah. Um, Definitely not as common as it is today. No. 
No, absolutely not. Um, but, yeah, my mum is the most amazing mother in the world, as yep. um, a lot of mums are, of course. Absolutely. Um, so she's extremely supportive and she's always very much supportive of, you know, when I was a, a teenager, St. Joe, if you ever want to look for your, your actual birth parents, you just let me know and I'll support you in any way I can. Yep. Um, which was fabulous, but having said that, she would always, you know, sort of well up with tears and yeah. get quite emotional about it. So I knew she was supportive, but I could see that it was also quite emotional for her. Yeah. Um, but I'd always known that my mother was 16 when I was born, my right. birth mother. Yep. So to me, that was just pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. You know, 16-year-old, 1964. It. Really and I was does. born in a maternity. Yeah. I was born in a maternity home. I, I sort of that sort of just summed it up and yeah, said, well, yeah. I know the answer. I know as to why I was adopted. Yeah. I, I guess um, that also so, um, comes into the 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 government's adoption apology, in that they apologise for the forced adoption uh, regime. However, I think that that is a societal pressure, not. You know, in this case, says. I think it very much was. Yeah. Um, from what I found out, sort of jumping ahead a little bit, but I don't want to go too far into that. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it was forced by my her parents, my right. mother's parents. Yeah. Um, so, um, yes, yeah, so I always knew. Right. Um, and when the apology came out, I could have gone and, and sort of found out then, you know, I applied for all my my documents and everything yeah. else, my original birth certificate. But I never worried about it. Right. Um, I found probably when I was having my first child, yep. you know, I always found that the biggest hurdle. You go to a doctor and every adopter mm. knows. Mm. First question they ask mm -hmm. is, what's your family's medical history? Yeah. Well, with me, it was like, okay, put a question mark. Yeah. You know, my husband was estranged from his parents and, okay. um, you know, uh, you better put a question mark for his as well. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I have children and we've got nothing. Um, so that was one of the founding things that I, right. um, when I eventually did go to, to search for my birth records. Right. Well, before was, we get... Was medical grounds. Yes. Um, before we get there, just one quick question um yeah. with your childhood more than anything did you ever yeah. think about what might have been different at all or if you hadn't been adopted like i know that's not, not necessarily really. when you're in trouble and you're wishing for their better life but just what if look sometimes you might get that and i was looking was never sort of really in trouble i was the eldest, right. um, myself and my brother. So I sort of, I suppose, grew up a little bit quicker because we were a single-parent family yeah. and, yep. you know, mum worked, she was a seamstress, so she'd do piecework from home so she could be there for us kids. And, yep. um, you know, we grew up on the outskirts of Melbourne and um, we had, I mean, it was tough. We weren't rolling in money, but, yeah. you know, we would go away once a year with a little camper van and take the dog and the cat and the guinea pigs and whatever else we had floating about at the time. Yeah. Um, we'd always have that annual trip away. So mum could give us what she could. Right. And um, That's all you can ask for. That's absolutely right. Lots of love. Yeah. Lots and lots of love. Lots and lots of support. Um, and I think I had a fabulous childhood. But it was not necessarily easy. But sometimes yeah. you'd sort of think, oh, you know, I wonder what... Yeah. My life would have been like, yeah, on it, and I didn't pine for it. No, it was just eh, maybe, maybe it'd be different, you know. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't something that I overly dwelled on. Yeah, yep, cool. Um, so you were about to tell tell us that you did you start to look for your birth parents or how did well that, that i start? i had i had my i've got my husband and i have two children together and i've got two um stepchildren as well right but when our youngest was um she was in her early 20s she's now 25 so it was only a few years ago 
that I decided that, look, Caitlin's not going to be far off having children of her own. Mm. I want to try and give her a medical history. Mm. Right. So it was more that because we've got some issues that have developed um, in the family and it was a case of trying to work out where things have sort of come from. Mm. Um, one of my um, my son's a type 1 diabetic, right. for example, and we've got yep. celiac, you know, a couple of autoimmune diseases in there. Yep. So it was, you know, we're getting to a stage where she was going to have her own children. Yeah. So I thought, hmm. um, so in... 2022, I applied for my birth records. Right. Oh, now just to step back a little bit here. Okay. Um, Mum had always said to me that I know your 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 first given name, your first name. Right. Your given name when you were born. And I said, she said, I'll tell you if you want to know. And I said, I don't want to know. And this is when I was an adult. Yeah. And um, I had. By that stage, I'd had my children, and I said, "No, look, I don't want to know. Um, I don't need to know that. That's fine. I've had the kids. I don't need to know." But I said, "But write it in the back of the Bible, in the back of the family Bible." Yes. Yep. And should something happen to you, I'll know where to find it. Yeah. So she did that, and um, when I applied for my birth records in, I got them two days before Christmas of twenty-two. Wow. And not that long ago. That's quite the time um, to I was, receive it. Yes. Uh, it was fairly full on that year, let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I um, had to go through an interview process in Victoria. Um, it was just coming off the back of COVID. Yeah. Um, so, of course, everything was via a Zoom meeting and they would not release the information um, to me unless I had someone there to support me emotionally and all that sort of thing okay that's fair enough um which which was fair enough yeah. but for me it turned out to be quite unnecessary because my mother had passed away in um 2014 right. and of course i knew i knew what my name was because i'd gone to the bible and had a look yes um although she got my first name and my middle name correctly she got my last name wrong although it started right. with the correct letter right so i went through this interview um, to release my original birth certificate to obtain my mother's name and hopefully my father's. And um, I went through all of this and she said, now, the lady on the, the other end of the Zoom said, now, are you ready to see your birth certificate? And I said, yes. And she said, well, your name is da 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 And I went, oh, well, mum got the first and the second name huh. right, but the last name she got wrong. And she said, I beg your pardon. And I said, well, I've always known that my mother was 16 and, you know, I was born here and and um, that my first name and my second name was this, but mum got the last name wrong. And she said, I don't know how she found that out. Yeah, right. Because that was not something that was common. Wow. I said, oh, my brother was adopted too. And I know his name. Huh. And his, his mother was 40 and, and quite an anxious sort of a person. And she said, that is so unusual. I wow. do not know how that that information is not released. Yeah, she right. Said she must have. I've never heard of that. She must have gone back to, you know, the maternity home to find mm. that out. I said, I don't know. She's no longer here, so I could no longer ask her that. Yeah. But, but she knew, and she'd always known. And she was oh, okay. So anyway, um, so I found out what my name was, and. Yeah. My birth mother's name. My father was not listed on the birth certificate. Right. So that was okay. One drama at a time. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so my mother's name was unusual. Right. So that's okay. Her, an unusual first name. So I had this interview, got details, which were quite minimal. Um, had my parents interviewed. Uh, for my adoptive parents and, you know, what their assets are, what they did, all that right. sort of stuff. Okay. Um, that sort of thing. And then um, I had, I finished the interview with that, that lady, and then I jumped onto the computer, jumped onto Ancestry, typed in my mother's name, and lo and behold, another family member had a magical tree. Oh. 
all laid out in front of me. Wow. My, and I found out within I found out within about five minutes that my mother had passed away. Oh. In two thousand and six. Oh. Wow. So that's okay. I went into this with no expectations. Yes. If I if I find what I find, you know, that's that's fine. That's a bonus. Yeah. But I had I had no expectations when I started this journey. Yep. And it's very much I was very very mindful of this other families out there yeah. that are probably unaware of my existence. Yes, that's true. And I do not and I do not want to upset anyone's lives. Yep. Or create pain. Yep. Um, because of my existence. Yeah. And fair enough too. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all of a sudden, you know, I, I sort of switched myself around and put myself in their shoes. I thought, well, how would I feel? Yeah. You know, if how would I cope with that? So I went in with no expectations. But on the, on the, the um, my intent was basically, if you give me nothing, give me some medical history. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what is important to me because I already know the reason why mm. I was and adopted. There's so. an, also a chance at that point where the birth father may not have been told. Mm. I mean, I'm only guessing. Yeah, do you yeah. know anything about about that part of the story? Oh, yeah, I do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'll get there. Okay, all good. Um, <laughs> so... Um, so I found out my my birth mother had um, passed away in, as I said, two thousand and six. Yeah. So, and she was the same age that I was at the time of of doing this search. So right. she passed away at, at fifty seven or fifty eight. I was going to say she would have been quite young. She was. Yeah. Yeah, she was only sixteen when I was born, and I was fifty seven. I think. I think. Yeah, fifty seven when I. I'm now fifty nine. So yeah, right. Fifty seven. Um, when. Um, I went on this journey. Yep. So that she passed away of um, cancer. Right. So, but on the family tree, the owner of the family tree, I sort of tracked back um, and it was her sister-in-law's tree. Right. And I found that she had two brothers and they'd um, predeceased her and um, her parents had passed. Um, but that she did have, she had married and she had three children. Right. Two boys and a girl. Okay. I thought, okay, that's fine. So that was like two days before Christmas. I thought, yeah. okay, I'll just leave that now I'll and I'll go and, yeah, I'll just digest that. Uh -huh. So I, digest, I digested that for a week. And then New Year's Eve, I thought, I'll just do some Facebook stalking. What uh -huh. could <laughs> possibly go wrong? <laughs> Absolutely. So I looked at the owner of the um, family tree. And she was on Facebook. Okay. So, yep, um, that's her. And I thought, well, I'm tonight, uh, and I thought I'd do the thing that they probably say that you shouldn't do is contact them directly. Uh -huh. And I thought, she is the only, she's the only person of that generation, though, that was still alive. Right. She is the only person that would have been around around the time or that or she would know of my, perhaps, birth. Yeah. Yep. Because... My mother was, my birth mother was the youngest of the right. three siblings. Okay. So I thought, okay. So, and she was married, his aunt was married to the eldest brother. Okay. Who, who owned the family tree. Right. So I thought, okay, so I sent a message on Messenger. Look, I'm just thinking of family history. Da, 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 da. Do you, are you aware of, and I gave my birth mother's name. I believe you're related to. And she messaged me back, and I said, "Look, I believe I was adopted out. Of, I was adopted out of this family." And next thing she knows, she rings me. Wow! How did? On, yeah, right. On, mes on messenger. Yep. And okay, so she said, "I knew there was somebody." Uh huh. She said, "You." She said, "You were never spoken about." Yep. No one was supposed to know. She said, my husband told me before he passed away that you that a baby was born. Right. Did not know whether you were male or female. Wow. Um, 
And she said, I always felt that there was somebody missing at Christmas or, or when there was a, or a family get-together. I always felt there was someone missing. She said, I was never supposed to know, but I did. Yeah, right. So she was not particularly fond of the family with the way they actually treated her husband. Okay, yep. Um, and she was a bit bitter. Yep. Uh, but I don't, I don't um, make my decisions about people based on what other people have told me. I make them for myself. Exactly, yep. So I, wasn't, I was not judging anybody. Mm -hmm. I just took on board what she said. Yep. Um, she, she didn't like her in-laws. She didn't like her, her parents-in-law. Etc. Yep. Etc. Et so that's fine. That's that's your opinion, and I appreciate yeah, yeah. you know you you give me the information that you've given me. And I said, look, if anybody else would know, would she have told any of the children? Do and she said, well, I've nursed her for the last couple of years of her life with the cancer. So if she's told anyone, she may well have told her. She said, but I'm not friends with her on Facebook, so I had to. She said, but if you go to the other sister-in-law's page on Facebook. She's friends with her. Right. And her, her name was Kelly. Yeah. So she gave me her name. So of course Facebook store again. Yep. And I found um my half sister. Wow. And I thought, okay. Wow. And then I and none of these people have got their Facebook pages shut down. They're all, all none open. of them are private. They're all all open. Yeah. Yeah, right. So scrolling through the photos on her Facebook page I said that fell over because oh. I saw a photo of my birth mother yep. and my sister on my sister on my husband. Yeah. Which is the first time I actually saw anyone that looked like me. Wow. Were you sitting down? I was. And I learned that several expletives. <laughs> and it was just like hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you know? Yeah. Um I mean, you get to 57, 58 years of age, and it's like, I've never seen anyone that looked like me apart from my own children. Yeah, um, wow. But even then, you know, they're sort of, yeah. But it was funny. I, I, I just screenshotted it, and I sent it to my best friend of 30-odd years. And I didn't say anything. I didn't caption anything, and I just sent it to her. And yep. she knew I was undertaking this search, and she shot back, and she went, oh, my God, it's you. And she showed her husband. And he just looked at the photo and, and he saw my sis, a half-sister and he said, oh, my God, that's Caitlin, who's yeah, my daughter. Right. right. Wow. So it was just crazy. How, but how, anyway, and how can you possibly describe that? Um, the experience I had was yeah. I'm met my half-brother face-to-face for the first mm -hmm. time and I hadn't had a photo. And oh. here, I, here I was looking at me but with blonde hair. Yeah. And we just looked at each but other and, my God, holy crap. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is holy crap, isn't it? Yeah. I looked at this photo and it was the photo was 25 years old. Right. So it was at, at Kelly's wedding. So And yeah. I it and I thought oh my god that's like similar sort of hairstyle that I had in the 80s and it was oh, just like yeah, right. <laughs> the turn um, and I just looked at it oh my god I can so so see me in that um, and then but I couldn't see my daughter in my, in my half sister but you know yeah you know some Caitlin's godparents could yeah it was just I mean yes just looks like looks just so much like my daughter but um, it was just the most bizarre feeling. You get to this stage in your life mm. at this age and for the first time you see somebody that looks like you. Yeah. You know, I, I'm five foot eight. Right. Um, I'm tall, I'm blonde, um, fair skin. My mum, my adopted mum, bless her little heart, was five foot nothing. <laughs> okay. Five foot tall, five foot round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, she was not a tall woman, and I was always the tallest. You know, my daughter's now five foot eleven. Right. So there's this huge height thing that's come out of it. My, I don't know how tall my my birth mother was because yeah, right. she, she's up past before I could meet her. Yeah. Um, but the heights obviously come from my uh, birth father's side. Right. So I thought, okay, so now I've found you. 
and assessed out where she was living by, you know, location of where lived and all that sort of stuff. So yep. I got on to the amazing Diane Cuff. Yes. And Big said, shout out to Diane. Oh, absolutely. She's just amazing. Yes. So um, I, um, I had had a chat with her about things and and at that stage um i said oh, how do i approach this and she said right yeah said the registered letter this is what roughly what you're i said just give me some guidelines what do i actually put in this so i did all that you know said a registered letter had a copy of my birth certificate um all that sort of thing and, and just a brief outline of look i don't want to upset anybody this is who i am um and this was in the february Right. Um, so I sort of sat on it for a little bit. Yeah. And um, so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll send this off with no expectations. Mm. So um, Diane's one of her search angels had gone down to the electoral office, got me the address. So, okay, off I went, send it down to, um, she's in, in Gippsland area. Right. So I live, in, I live in Western Victoria. So off I went, send that off with no expectations, look, if I hear back from her, I hear back from her. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. All good. Yeah. So the end of February, early March, um, we'd gone overseas on a holiday and she'd sort of sat on it for a little while. Anyway, I got this email out of the blue. I thought, oh, look, I haven't heard from her for a few weeks. That's fine. All good. And then I got this email. To say I'm shocked is an understatement. Mm. We knew nothing. We knew nothing about you. Wow. That doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's okay. So we sort of emailed sort of backwards and forwards. And so she gave me a little bit of a, a brief history of her life and her brothers and, and what have you. And that was great. And I'm sort of madly trying to find service in Fiji to yeah, yeah. <laughs> email back email back to her. So we did a bit of bit of toing and froing with, with emails. But I didn't want to inundate her or push her or whatever yeah. else. I just sort of took things very, very slowly yeah. um, and explained, look, I didn't want to cause any pain or heartache to anybody. And I certainly, she did say that her father was still alive. Okay. And I said, well, I certainly do not want to cause any pain because I didn't know whether he knew of my existence. Yep. Um, whether that had been um, something that they'd, sort of had a discussion about before they were married or what have you. Yep. So I sort of was very clear that, you know, I don't want to cause any pain. Yeah. Yep. And um, eventually she hadn't spoken to her brothers at that stage. And then a couple of weeks later she went and spoke with her brothers and digested things. Yep. And then she approached her father the three wow. went and approached the, the, her father and said are you aware and he's his only comment was uh, i knew this would come out eventually uh-huh. yes i'm aware and i do not want to have anything to do with it right so that's fine i respect that yep i don't i don't want to impose i'm not pushing myself on anybody yep i just would like to know some medical history if that's possible yep if you want if you don't want any further contact with me that's okay too Yes. You know, that's entirely up to you. Yeah. Be guided by you. I'm not going to push myself onto you. So, been sporadic emails um, over the next few months. I wouldn't might hear from her for six weeks and then, you know, I might hear from her again. Yeah. So, and I hadn't, hadn't heard anything from my two half-brothers. Right. And in that time, during COVID, I sort of thought, I'm just going to send away for my for my doing my DNA test. Yeah, and this was my um, original birth certificate, and it took months and months at that stage because it was um, it was during COVID, and yeah. they weren't sending any um, samples to Ireland for testing. Oh, okay. everything was held up in Australia for months, months yeah. and months. Yep. So it was probably it was roughly. It was probably about the end of February I got my um, DNA results. No, it must have been a bit later. got my DNA results back and I approached Diane yet again. Yep. And Diane Cuff. 
And at that time, she was looking for a case to do a tutorial on. Oh, okay. So I, oh, yep. hi. Hi, me. Pick yeah, yeah. Me, pick me. Yeah. <laughs> and she did. Uh, okay. So at this stage, you know, sister and I are sort of sporadically emailing each other. Right. Uh, okay, we'll go down the, the dad path this time and we'll see if we get anything here. So Diane said, yeah, linking with your DNA, we'll do your course. So very, very quickly she established, and I met talking about an hour, yeah. um, she established who my grandparents were on my paternal side. Wow. Just through my DNA, because I already knew who's the names and everybody else that was on my maternal side. Yes, through, yep. You know, that family tree on ancestry. Yep. And we'd established who um, my grandparents were on my paternal side. Mm. She could, she could, she five, must have been five children, but there was only one son. Right. And, and he was deceased. Oh. And I thought, oh, okay, that ends there. Yeah. And then my DNA results were up, and I got a message, and I didn't see it for about a month and a half oh. on my ancestry page, and it was from a guy, and he said, oh, I believe we're cousins. Um, I believe we're cousins. Can you tell me how we're possibly related? I didn't see it. Oh. And um, I logged on about six weeks or so after it came up, and I thought, oh, bugger. Anyway, I messaged him back another couple of weeks. He didn't respond. And I thought, oh, okay. That was a way. Yep. I missed that one. missed that opportunity. And then I thought, oh, I'll sit there one night in about, it have been about June, early June. Huh? And I thought, oh, Facebook's worked before. Let's go stalking. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook to the rescue. So I, oh, absolutely. So I was stalking on Facebook. And looking for this guy's name, who was supposedly related um, on my paternal father's side, on the paternal side there. So anyway, so I got there and anyway, I, thought, oh, I sent a message on that and he didn't answer me. Anyway, his page was also quite public. So I went through his friends list and there was a lot of names being by um, my birth father's mother's maiden name right so i'm going through all of that and i thought oh okay there's a lot of people in there a name in there who is actually a friend of mine and i thought oh well i wonder if she knows how to get in touch with this guy other than via facebook seeing as we you know there's some sort of connection so i messaged um my friend cheryl and i said oh do you know how to get in touch with this guy you know, and she knew my story. She knew I was adopted. We'd had this discussion like 20 years ago. Yeah. And I said, I'm doing a family tree, trying to find, you know, my birth family. Um, and this guy thinks that yeah, we're related. And I want to know how this is this connection is. And she said, well, be his relation. But I don't, re I don't really know. And I said, um, my throwaway line was, oh, I don't suppose you're related to the, my grandmother's, maiden names family right which i don't really want to say yeah, yeah. i don't suppose you're related to this family and she went oh well my grandmother was a you know okay yep and i said oh well that's interesting because so was mine yeah right according to according to my dna it turns out that her grandmother and my grandmother sisters oh sisters right sisters wow so we're, we're second cousins right of course yeah, so I've known her for 20 years. Um, turns out my, yeah, so, and she said, oh, hang on a minute. She said, oh, I've got all the family history here mm. of that side of the family. And she said, and um, her children. So, okay. So she said, oh, no, 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 there was not one son. Our, your grandparents, your parents' sons. And Sorry, one son is still alive. Their, your grandparents had a Sorry. pair of sons? Had three sons. Three sons, right. Yeah, it turned out my my grandparents had three sons, yet when Diane did the DNA, she could only find one recorded anywhere. Right. And he had passed. Um, so she said, no, 
there was actually three boys, but there's only one still alive. And he lives in the same town that you're living in. Oh, dear. And I thought, okay. So, as I said, I was conceived in Gippsland. Yep. I was born in Melbourne and I live in Western Victoria. Right. So, my father, my birth father, well, the last remaining son um, of my grandparents, I sent a registered letter to after I got his address. Yep. And I sent a registered letter in the same scenario that I did with my half-sister in Gippsland. And I said, oh, this is who I am. I had to explain DNA, da 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 And that was, he received that registered letter on the Monday. Yep. On the Thursday, I had a phone call and I thought, well, he's either going to be an uncle or my father. Yeah. He can either deny it, he can ignore me, he can play dumb, I don't know. Yeah. I'll just leave it in the land of the gods. Yeah. So I get this phone call on Thursday. Hi, this is Peter. I can confirm I'm your father. <gasps> wow. And I went, okay. <laughs> wow. So we, we had this. 15-minute conversation, yep. and I sort of hung the phone, and it was like, yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll catch up again. I, he then told me I had two sisters, yep, and they were all living in the same town. Wow. So they had all grown up. He continued to live in the town that I was conceived in, um, and then moved to another town um, adjacent to that one in Gippsland. Yep. In Eastern Victoria, um, he then in the eighties moved to the town that I am now living in, um, and I'd moved from Melbourne to that town in seventy-seven. Um, uh, yeah. So I'd been there a few years longer. So for some reason, they ended up back. We all ended up in the same town. Wow. It was just bizarre. Yeah. So he said, "No, nope, um, I'm your father, and um, you've got two sisters." And one actually lives like five minutes away from me. Wow. She's literally down the road in two turns and I am on her doorstep. Wow. I hope uh, you were sitting okay. down for that phone call. I was. It, and, yeah, it just knocked me off my feet. Yeah. Um, so that was on the Thursday. And then on the Sunday, both my sisters rang me. <gasps> wow. Um, and said, she said, it's bizarre. She said, oh, she said, oh, you've spoken to Dad. And I said, well, yeah, I spoke to him on Thursday. I had about a 15-minute conversation with him. And they said, oh, how did you get 15 minutes on the phone? With yeah, him? right. on the phone. So, okay, so obviously I was privileged with that yeah. one. Um, but he had, he had said to me, I knew there was a pregnancy. I did right. not know that there, whether she went through with the pregnancy and if she did, whether you were a boy or a girl, I didn't know whether the pregnancy was terminated. I did not know. Wow. I said, okay. So then I met, I left things for a couple of weeks. We did a couple of little texts to each other. Um, I didn't contact the girls. I just left it between he and I. Yep. And then on the 1st of, 1st of July in... It must have been 21 I contacted him. So 21 I did my birth certificate for Christmas of 21, not 22. Right. In, it was in 22, the 1st of July, 22. Yeah, that's right. 1st of July was a year out at the beginning, sorry. Oh, good. Um, 1st of July, 22, I met him for the first time. We had lunch together. Yeah. I just met at a local pub. Um and he just walked in and gave me this huge big bear hug and he said he's a man of few words but he yeah. said i just want you to know you were never a one night stand oh you we were in a relationship yeah for 12 months 12 to 18 months yeah and her parents put an end to it he said when you get a shotgun pointed at you and told to get the hell away you do use your child yeah that's fair call actually and he was 18, she yep. was 16. Right. So, yep, 
I can understand that. And, yeah. you know, knowing, knowing some 18-year-old boys in my time, uh -huh. yeah, I can see that they'll just sort of, you know, yeah. move on with their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you know but, you're potentially in danger if you go absolutely. back. And because she was underage too and he was of legal age. So yeah. there could have been all sorts of ramifications there, which he was, was being held over his head as well. Yeah. So... He said, I just want you to know that you were not. He said, if things had been different, we would have still been together. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fine. But How did that make you, know, you feel? Look, life is what it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think things happen for a reason. I said, well, then you would have been together. Then you wouldn't have had your child, the two girls. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah. It is what it is. And then, you know, my other two half-brothers and sisters and Gibson would not exist either. Yeah. So, or they'd be different people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. things work out the way that things work out. Yes. Um, so I just, as I said, I went in with no expectations and I don't, I don't have this, I never had this, um, you know, picture in my mind that it's all going to be, you know, roses and fluffy mm. bunnies and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was just going to be what will be, will be. Yep. Um, and I have no expectations and I don't sort of say, well, this is how it's going to go. Mm. Um, I just went with the flow and took things as I took things. So, um, so I met, yeah, I met him on the 1st of of July and I, yep. we sort of sat and, and chatted and had some had a bit of a bit of a lunch and yep. um, he sort of told me about his life and and then um, his because we ended up sort of sitting there for a couple of hours and um, his partner came in um, after a while he said oh look you know, my partner's sitting out in the car and I said for God's sake yeah you know, bring her in yeah. um, because she's part of this absolutely as well his I've um, his wife had died um, right. of cancer some 20 odd years ago. So yeah. he'd had a new partner in his life. Yeah. Um, so we had a bit of a chat about life in general and what we'd be doing and, and children and all that sort of thing. So that that was on the 1st of July. Um, and then on the 17th of July, I met his two daughters. So my other two half sisters that live yeah. in um, in the same town that I live in. Mm -hmm. And we all went out for lunch and I can, I can still see... Uh, um, him sitting there, and he's like, my three girls. My best <laughs> was popped out, and he's like, my three girls. Yeah. And he says, this is how it should have been. Yeah. Um, and I can see, you know, you often talk about nature and nurture. Yes. Um, I can see similarities in some things. Mm -hmm. I can see parts of me in one sister and parts of me in another sister. And, yep. um, you know, not always good things, perhaps. I'm yep. very loud. Okay. Um, um, but my um, one of my sisters is even louder, if that's even possible. <laughs> um, she's very loud. She's certainly not when she's in a room, right. um, and I, I can be very loud. Yeah. Um, well, there's nothing wrong with so that. it's no, no, no. <laughs> but when you get the three of us together, it's bedlam for our husbands. Believe me, because yeah. um, um, we're all sort of talking over each other and, yeah. and what have you. So yeah. the volume yeah. certainly goes up. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I met them on the 17th of July. And then on the 30th of July, I met my birth mother's side of the family. So uh -huh. the Gippsland family. Right. So July was an extremely busy month for me, yeah. an extremely emotional month I can for imagine. Me. Um, so I went, we went down to Gippsland, my husband and I, and my half-sister had said, well, do you want to just meet us siblings or do you want to meet the whole family how do you want to handle this i said well look i'm coming all this way we might as well do one in all in yeah so we all went out to a restaurant um oh, this is going to be really interesting uh, but we all got along quite well Excellent. Um, um it's very interesting um when i look at the two sides of the family my Gippsland side, so my birth mother's side, they're all quite reserved, quite okay. um, quite uh, hold back uh -huh. um, their emotions. I can't really read them. Um, whereas my birth father's side, they're all out there. They say it is it is. Yep. You know, it, they'll 
all of this can't give me a big hug. This is my sister. Yep. You know, um, that's, it was just so accepting of me. Yeah. It was, whereas my birth mother's side was very much, you know, my half-sister had flown to Queensland to see some elderly aunt to say, well, is this true? And, and trying to piece together. And she'd written to the Salvation Army and got her mother's um, records of when she was admitted to the maternity home and when she was discharged. And um, just because it was such a huge shock to them because they did not know of my existence. Yeah. So for them to, you know, sort of put all the pieces of the puzzle together to make sense to them um, was a, a huge thing. And that's what sort of took the, the sort of time that's those months to sort of work out where everything fitted in their world. Yeah. Because their world was turned upside down. Absolutely. Because all of a sudden, you know, the oldest was no longer the oldest. I'm yeah. the oldest. Um, you know, so their, their place was sort of adjusted. But, yeah, there's very two different um, vibes from, from both sides of the family, which I really fascinate. Yeah. Um, because I'm very much, I'm upfront. I say it as it is. If you don't like what I say, well, then that's your opinion and that's great. You don't have to like what I say. Um, yep. But, and the worst thing you could ever do is lie to me. Oh, I don't absolutely. care whatever else you do, but do not lie to me. Yeah. Um, and when I met my birth father, we sat down and, and he said to me, now, I'll tell you now, girl. He said, the worst thing you could do is lie to me. And I burst out laughing. <laughs> and I said, same goes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the truth can come in all shapes and sizes and colours and good, bad or indifferent, yeah. but it's the truth. Absolutely, absolutely. And, <clears throat> I said, and I said, look, you know, I don't want you to sugarcoat anything. I yeah. don't want you to, to try and save my feelings. I'd yeah. like to know the facts. I'd yeah. like to know, you know, I'd like to know about the time when you were, you know, how or how I got to be. Yeah. You know, and you were in a small country town where everybody knew everybody. Yeah. Literally, there was a population of 900 people. Everybody wow. knew everybody. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so, and then you continued to live in that town. So how did that work for you? Yeah. Um, you know, and all of those sort of things. So these were all conversations that sort of went over the next um, period of time. Now, I do um, sporadically contact my family and they contact me from Gippsland, so my birth mother's side. Yep. So they'll contact me um, and we just just generally, and we've met and we've caught up and all that sort of stuff, but it's like I'm sort of held at arm's length and that's okay. Yeah. You know, we, we chat and, and whatever on Messenger or um, you know, if it's each other's birthdays or wish each other happy birthday and things, yep. but we're not close as yeah. such. Yeah. Whereas I've really connected, probably because we are closer um, distance-wise, mm -hmm. um, I really connected with my um, birth father's family. Yeah. So, um, which has been amazing. Like I was very much uh, open arms. Like I met them in July. Um, come Father's Day, for example, um, they were having a, a family lunch. And I haven't celebrated Father's Day ever, except with my husband, oh, because yeah. my father was never really, my adoptive father was never really part of my life. Yeah. So um, I last saw him um, in 2000, and that was on his deathbed. I actually right. um, was, I had the privilege of holding his hand and, and uh, when he passed away. Um, and that was to close that chapter. Yeah. I hadn't really... I'd only sort of met up with him a couple of times in my life. Yeah. Um, but my stepsister on that side had contacted me and said, if you want to say your goodbyes and, and move forward, you know, he's now in Adelaide and whatever else. So, yeah. But that's a whole other story. But anyway, yep. um, so I'd never had a Father's Day. Never. Right. So my sister rings me up and she said, right, we're having lunch on Sunday for Father's well, you better come. <laughs> Your father too. Yeah, I don't have a choice. Well, okay. Yep. But yeah. So for the first time in my life, at the ripe old age of um, nearly fifty-eight, I gave my father his first Father's Day card. 
Wow. From me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from me. Um, and then, because that was early September, of course, Father's Day. Yep. And then my, my birthday was um, the middle of the end of September, on the 25th of September. Yep. And we shared that together. And, yeah, nice. and then his birthday um, was in October, and nice. we shared that together. Nice. Um, so we'd regularly catch up you know, for coffee and meals and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that was really great. Um, he unfortunately passed away September of last year. Oh, sorry so I had him that. for four Yeah, he had a, a massive cardiac arrest, unfortunately, and yep. um, languished for a few days in hospital and before in ICU before um, decision was made to yep. report, et cetera. Yeah. But I then too, um, was very blessed that my sisters involved me in every decision in relation to um, his treatment in hospital. Yep. Um, obviously, I didn't have the final say, yeah, yeah. Um, but they included me. Yeah. As soon as he had collapsed, I got a phone call from one of my sisters to say collapsed. Yep. I said, well, what do you want me to do? Yeah, but they included me in everything. Yeah, that's cool. um, and I had the privilege of holding his hand when he passed. Yeah. Um, so I had him for 14 months. Um, I spoke at his funeral. And a lot of family members, of course, had heard I was, I'd popped up out of the blue. Yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, um, but he was very, you know, um, I think for the first Father's Day, I'd, I'd sort of put something up on Facebook. No, it was Mustang's birthday or something. Mm -hmm. I saw a happy birthday, happy birthday dad or something I'd put up. And then everyone sort of was like, who's, who's, yeah. person? you know, who's this Sally? And then he put up, you know, Sally Grimm is my daughter. And I am very proud of that fact. Nice. And shut everybody down. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and I thought, okay. Um, and, you know, I, my mum is always going to be my mum. Like the yep. woman that raised me is my mother. Absolutely. And my birth mother, I just refer to her by her, by her Christian name. Yes. Um, but because I never really had a father in my life. Yeah. I felt extremely comfortable calling him dad. Yep. Um, my kids called him Pa. Everyone called him Pa. Yep. But yeah, I was very comfortable in calling him Dad. Yep. Um, he was a man of uh, man of tattoos. Okay. And he had he had um, my name and both my sisters' names tattooed on his arm. Nice. Um, so that was a definite recognition of yeah. Yeah, acceptance that. You know, these are my three girls. Yeah, yeah. These are my three girls. Absolutely. Um, so even though he was excluded from my life through circumstance, yeah. Um, you know, he said I knew there was somebody out there, but I didn't know who. Yeah. Didn't know male, female, and because my birth mother had passed, and he wasn't yeah. talking to anybody else. He may have known had already passed as well. So yeah. Well, but, I um often say that where the where the um, outcome of somebody else's decision and yeah. essentially his path was decided by other people as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know you know, he went on and, and he married and he had two beautiful daughters. Yep. Um my birth mother went on and married and, and had three children herself. Yeah. Um, and my adoptive mum, who I loved, absolutely loved to death, she couldn't have children. She had six miscarriages and, and couldn't right. have children. Um, so they ended up adopting. Yeah. Um, and I could not have wished for a better mother. Yeah. And it's, it's quite interesting. I sort of, I'm a real history buff. I love history. I love genealogy. I love, I'd already done my adoptive family's family tree and it goes way, 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 way back. Yep. Um, and they're from Scotland. Right. And I'm 42% Scottish. Okay. Um, and as it turned out, both my adoptive family and my birth father's family, so my both my great-great-grandparents on both two lines, they're both from Fife Shire in Scotland, no both way. about 16 kilometres 
Yeah, we're like 16 kilometres from each other. Wow. They lived in adjoining towns. No right? way. In the 1800s. So my um, my father's father came out from, from Scotland when he was 10. So in right. 1900, 1910 or 11. Yep. Um, so very Scottish. And then my the parallels are just crazy. So they came out from Scotland and then I moved up to the Mallee area. My adoptive father, his family came from the town next door in the valley. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So wow. they were, they would have known each other. They had to have known each other. The families would have known each other. Yeah. So my adoptive father's father was born up around the Jakarot area, and that's where um, my father's family moved to when they came from Scotland, was around that parish rainbow area. So they were all there at the same time. So there's these parallels that sort of run through. Um, yeah, wow. That have, um, yeah, so they've just sort of come through these lines. Um, and there's some other ones that have sort of picked up. There would have been, you know, just even us, ending up in the same regional town in Western Victoria after starting our lives elsewhere. Yeah, okay. well, absolutely. You know, how do you um, – yeah. you, you would never pick that, uh, no. ending up in the same town no. as your uh, birth father and living just around the corner Not from what, your birth yeah. sister – well, half-sister. Yeah, from my half-sister. Yeah. yeah, and then tracing um, back to Scotland and so then, close. yes. Yes, to be literally the next town apart. And both my great-grandparents on both my adoptive and my biological side were literally, you know, 16, 17 kilometres apart. Wow. At the same time. So it was just, yeah, when I sort of go through and, and plot the, the family tree, I don't know if anyone else has done their family tree with adopted side and, and biological side. It's just the most bizarre thing. Mm. Well, it's definitely yeah, a small world, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's not, you know, it's not six degrees of separation sometimes. No. I mean, I was just blown away to find that even my friend of 20 years, to find that she's actually a second cousin. Yeah. And it was only that because I did that throwaway line and said, are you related to this family? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, my grandmother was from that family. And yeah, it turned out to them to be sisters. There you go. Wow. So... You know, but to, to go from, and this was only in such a short period of time. Yeah. You know, in in literally roughly, you know, six months, in seven months, literally, I had found my birth family, met my birth family, both sides. Yep. Um, from not having a name on my birth certificate on my father. Yeah. To finding him and meeting him. And that was all down to Diane and his yeah. sister, the changes. Yeah. And we can't. We can't say enough about how many lives they've helped, um, <laughs> and because they do an amazing job, yeah, amazing, and it's it's voluntary, and um, you know you don't have to be an adoptee or come from that sort of environment where you're whether be it an adoptee or an adopted mother or yeah. whatever. You don't. You just have to have compassion. Yep to have some empathy yep. and, the, and the skills to, and you want them to share, you know, to help people. Yeah. And, you know, what they did for me and, and the, the, I was extremely lucky that it was just such a, a quick turnaround as far as working out who my, you know, grandparents were because um, when I – found that my birth certificate when the father was not listed and I mm. thought, oh, here we go. I'm never mm. going to know now. Yeah. Um, and timing was, oh, you know, I need a case for a tutorial that Diane put up and it was just meant to be. Yeah. I think um, I remember mm. asking, well, I know she's asked for a few tutorial cases, but um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely one of them and a memorable case as well. Well, it was for me, certainly. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just to and but 
I think just to to go in without expectation. Yeah. And and to be very mindful of other people that they, they probably don't know. Yeah. And I was I was just very, very careful not to tread on toes. And even when my father was passing and we knew he was going to pass, it was still I had to be so careful. So, you know, you're walking that fine line. Yeah. You know, they my sisters they're still my half sisters, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're his dad. You know? Yeah. Um Well that was I've had yeah. him for I've had him for fourteen months. Mm-hmm. Um and they've had him for fifty odd years. Yeah. Um so even though they were open and welcoming and, and they included me, I still had to be very, very careful and very, very mindful yeah. um, of what I said and how I said it. Um, so, and, and to be respectful. I had to be respectful of them. Yeah. Um, you know, because if their mother had, had predeceased him, and of course he's going to be buried with with her. Of course. Um, you know, and... That's that's their part now. Yeah. I was there for when he died. They they couldn't bring themselves, and that's okay. We all do grief differently. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I was privileged to hold his hand when he passed. You know, I've you know, it's, I've I've had the privilege. And it's not an easy thing to do. No. Um, but I've had the privilege for both my fathers, both my adoptive and my my biological father, to to hold their hands when they pass. Um, um, I found my mum, unfortunately, when she passed very suddenly. Oh. So, I, um, but that's life. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, it's it's just part of life. But it's, you know, he may not have been there when I was born, but I was there when he, with him when he passed. Yeah. And that's, um, yeah, you can't, um, you can't ask for more, I guess. No, no. Um, yeah, so that's sort of my story, I suppose. Yeah. No, well, a little. Thank it's quite quite a story. Um, I really thank you for coming on and, and telling it. Um, and the last part, you've um, answered my usual last question for me, um, mm. which goes into advice, and I think you've um, you've you've given that beautifully. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Thank Don't you, Sally, for coming on. And, yeah. That's fine. Thank you. And, you know, I think follow the, let's say follow the rules, but be patient and don't, you know, go do things so we just didn't You know, let the family digest yeah. if you're going to reach out to a family member. Let them have time to digest what is going on because they probably aren't aware. Yeah. So, you know, Diane sort of says, you know, Go by the register letter, don't make contact or don't phone or whatever else. Mm. Try and let people sort of digest so it's not just a huge stop saying, oh, by the way, I'm your daughter. Mm. If you ring them up. so Yeah, knock on the door. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, like that could be a bit of a recipe for a disaster. Absolutely. I mean, it may work out for some people, but um, I think just be patient. Yep. yep. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Sally, for coming on. And, um, yeah, we wish you all the very, very best. Thank you, and thank you for letting me share my story. My pleasure. That was Sally Grimm telling us her story, and it really is a small world uh, when you hear some of the uh, connections. And uh, that's about it for me from for today, tonight, this afternoon, whenever it is that you're listening. And until next time, it's bye for now. like to look five years younger. In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.